I'm Mark Walsh, and coming up on today's show... Uh, One thing about Josh Harris is that he made his money by buying distressed assets and turning them around. You want to talk about a distressed asset, that's pretty close to what we have in in D.C., the the amount of growth uh, potential that that investors see in it. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast. It's What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh, here in the studio with producer Tracy Madigan. Today, we welcome our old friend, John Oran. John is this media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. And I got to tell you, he is a true fan of sports here in the Washington, D.C. and sort of middle Atlantic market. And I love talking to him because I am too. But we talk about a number of things that matter to you Washington sports fans. Probably number one is the looks like the change of ownership in your Washington Commanders. Yes, the old Redskins, now the Commanders, may be owned by a new group uh, headed up by Josh Harris with some other local names, uh, Mitch Rails, a local businessman, very successful businessman in the D.C. area, and Magic Johnson. It's a big story, and we go through it in great depth. But also, guess what? We cover the D.C. Defenders, the XFL team that's killing it, along with all the other great teams here in the Washington Marketplace. John Arand, our guest on What's Working in Washington. Here's our conversation. John, welcome to the show. Always great to be here. It's wonderful to have you back, and there's so much happening. I think the top of every Washington sports fan's consciousness these days is whither goest Dan Snyder. I, I shouldn't say it that way, but what is your, what's the update from your perspective on the ownership of the Washington Commanders? Uh, right now, there's a, a, an agreement in principle uh, with the Josh Harris group. There are a couple other uh, bids that are sort of circling around it's not an exclusive agreement in principle. So ah. uh, there could be, let's say, a Jeff Bezos who swoops in with a, a big bid yeah. to get it. But that looks extremely unlikely. So things are moving forward with the Josh Harris bid. And, I, and I'd be totally shocked if within the next couple of months, that's not the one that ends up getting ratified by the NFL and, and, and moved forward. And what's the price point? The price point is a little bit over $6 billion. Hello. It's a uh, yeah total uh, record. Uh, the Denver Broncos, just a year and a half ago, went for about $4.6 uh, $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $4. $
the 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 football team in that market dominates the market. Yep. And in DC, we've been so beaten down that yeah. we think like, oh, the football's not that big. Who would want to go to FedEx Field? Right. Well, in every other in every other city, people want to go to see those games. Yeah. So uh, one thing about Josh Harris is that he made his money by buying distressed assets and turning them around. Ah. You want to talk about a distressed asset? That's yeah. pretty close to what we have in, in D.C. The the amount of growth uh, potential that, that investors see in it. you got a, a new stadium that, that's almost cer- certainly going to be built within the next uh, several years. You have... You know, just the marketing around the team. You have to, it's season ticket sales. You know, the, 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 there's still a latent um, uh, fandom around this team that uh, that every investor thinks that they're going to be able to tap into. And I, I do believe if they start to win, you'll start to see the fans come back. I hope you're right. I mean, to your point, I, I'm a I'm a Baltimorean, as you know, a huge Colts guy growing up. Burt Jones, huh? Burt Jones, Burt Jones, the, yeah. Rust, the Rustin Rifle, Rustin, Louisiana, <laughs> number seven. I, I he he was fun to watch, Burt Jones. But I mean, Johnny, so lots of legacy there, and I I've adopted the Ravens. To your point on the stadium experience, you've you've probably been to Ravens Stadium. It's a totally different evening or day experience versus FedEx, and and, and I hope so. I hope you're right in the turnaround. But bouncing around, Ted Leonsis, I used to work with Ted at AOL. Many consider him one of the great sort of brand marketers in any of the leagues he's in. Did he make a bid or did you hear of him making any kind of uh, a move on this? Uh, I haven't heard about him with the commanders. I know that he's had a bid to try to buy the Nationals. Right. And, uh, and that, that got, that's been tabled because there's been so much upheaval with uh, the regional sports network, uh, Masson, and uh, who, who owns uh, whether or not the Orioles are going to have to pay the uh, – the Nationals more money or whatnot. So they need to get that done before he gets in there. But he does have a bid in for the Nationals. I haven't heard about him circling for the Commanders. So $6.6 billion, you said. four point five for the Broncos, now $6 billion for the Na- for the uh, Commanders, assuming it holds up, right? And it's Josh Harris is the lead. Who else was in the investment, the, the investment group that uh, Josh put together? Uh, well, there's Mitch Rails, of course, yeah. um, Magic Johnson. There are a lot of other investors in there, but they haven't been public coming out uh, about the, the. Those are the two that we know. Yeah, they haven't been public about who else is in there. Yeah, but I'm sure they're going to be other household names that, that sort of come out from that. Wow. So I wonder. I'm sure maybe if it's a private kind of transaction, we may never know because I know. From Ted's play and going back to Steinbrenner with the Yankees, you know, the lead investor really drove all the behavior. And Steinbrenner famously had you know, partners, quote unquote, air quotes for those listening on the radio, which were on or podcast. You know, he had he had limited partners who really had no say or what was going on. George drove the bus. And I think to some extent, Ted is that Ted Leonsis is that way here with the uh, with with the Wizards and the uh, and the Capitals. But do you have any idea, like, what percentage Mitch Rails may have or, or Magic Johnson? Or do you think they're more window dressing for Josh Harris's main bid? I think they're more window dressing. And we, we can take a look at uh, Josh Harris as an owner because he also owns the Philadelphia 76ers ah. in, in the NBA. And he is um, he's somebody, somebody that's involved. Uh, and, and he's the one that's sort of okaying, blessing. He's not the one making the decisions, but he's blessing a lot of the decisions and he, uh, this sounds strange to say in the sports context, but you know, I know a lot of owners that just want to make money. Yeah, he wants to win. Okay. So he is, a, and I think that if you take a look at the way he's run the 76ers, he's built them to win. Yeah, you know, they they went through. I don't know if you remember the trust the process, 
Where I do remember that. The process was we're going to be a really, really bad for several years, but trust us, we're going to be we're going to eventually be good. Yeah. And now they're good. They're in the number I think number two seed in the or three seed in the. Uh, they're in back. The, yeah, yeah, East for Coast, sure. Yeah, uh, with, with a couple of star players, and that's how I would expect him to run the Commanders. Like he will be the one that, to to do the blessing, which doesn't mean the materials won't have input or Magic Johnson won't have input. But there's gonna, it's going to be certain who the final say-so is going to come from. So wanting to win. As you recall, famously, Dan Snyder, whenever he was challenged over the years, and it seems like it's been a thousand years since he bought the team, he was like, look, I just want to win. I just want to win. That was his mantra. You know, I want to bring a winning team back to Washington, D.C., which he never did. How will history judge him? Oh, awfully. Awfully. Poorly. Yeah. Uh, he, he, here's, uh, so I'm from D.C. Okay. Uh, I, I, of course, know a ton of people in this market. I live in this market. I can't find one person, one fan who says, oh, Dan's uh, misunderstood. Yeah, you know, I agree. It's it's the most phenomenal thing I've ever seen. I also cover the NFL. And so I talk to people at, at, in the, at the league office. I talk to people with, involved with other teams. He is a pariah in the NFL. He's not on any of the uh, he's not on any of the influential committees. The committees that he's on, he's sort of not not, uh, not running things. Yeah. Uh, for for if you're a fan of the NFL in Washington, this is just having anybody come in to replace uh, to replace Dan. It's going to be a good news for the franchise, just because he's not he's not well liked. He's not liked in the market. He's not liked in the league. Well, I I also I used to tell Ted, you know the. The luckiest thing he ever did was choose Dan Snyder as his competition as a team owner in Washington, D.C., because he looks like the greatest guy of all time. A and B, I think that Commanders fans are you know, have their noses pressed up against the window because 40 miles north with Steve Bashotti and, and, uh, and, and a, a 12-year consistency of head coach with John Harbaugh, it's like it's a, that's a stable franchise that puts out a really good product. Uh, so I, I think... Maybe it's almost magnified because of the other local owner and then a nearby NFL franchise that seems to be doing it right. Yeah, my fandom's going to come out here right now. But yeah. Ted oversees the Washington Wizards, who have won one division title since 1979. And I'm a big Wizards fan. <laughs> one in the, since 79. Right. And everybody's like, oh, he's a great owner. Great owner. Absolutely. <laughs> Duly noted, but he did bring a, a Stanley Cup to D.C. I think the halo with Ted, I guess this is sort of your point, don't put words in your mouth, but the halo with Ted because of the Stanley Cup is going to be there for a while. And uh, Ted also is accessible. He talks to the fans. He's, yeah. he, he's out there. He, he He's doing things right as an owner in terms of uh, building a community around yeah. his teams. I completely agree. And he's a, just a, the warm and fuzzy of Ted. is That's not an act. He really is that, that guy. You know, speaking of Ted and – this is curls back to the commanders. As you know, Ted has added uh, a, a gambling casino or gambling facility in the Verizon Center. Is it the Verizon Center? No, I always forget it's which, which Capital company. One Arena. Sorry, Capital One Arena. Caps, I, I, why, why they don't call it the Cap, Cap Center, nice. I don't know. I know. Come on. I know. Yeah, I know. That, see, that's why you're the big cheese in the <laughs> media reporter for Sports Business Journal and named John Iran. Anyway, mm. um, but as you know, there's a gambling facility there. It's packed and you may have seen, I think a 60 Minutes did a, a piece on sports betting. And I told my, I'm watching with my wife as it starts. And I said, I'll bet you dimes and donuts, the only owner that comes on to talk about it is Ted. And I was right. He was the only one, apparently, they said, we talked, you know, we talked to the league, we talked to everyone. No one came on, but Ted came on and explained why it makes sense. 
Do you think that gambling is going to be in the commander's future? And will gambling affect the NFL in a way that may take away from the franchise? Um, explain what do you mean by take away from the franchise? Well, will, will it hurt the NFL's reputation for being, um, I shouldn't say clean, I guess. Will, will, will it taint like the NBA had, the, the ref was betting on games Donnie, and stuff, you know, right. Pete Rose of baseball. I don't know about hockey betting, but the other two major sports have had gambling scandals. Will gambling be a big thing in the future of the NFL? Legal gambling. Legal gambling, yes, it will. Everybody views, all the teams and the league view this as a big revenue opportunity. And by a big revenue opportunity, it's going from zero to where it was illegal to now where it's legal, you're able to to uh, to, to start to gamble more. I view it where if if you're, you're a fan of the NFL, the the rise of fantasy football over the last like 25 years, Incredible. maybe 30 years, has been huge. And that's gambling, essentially. Like yep. you're, you're paying money in, you're, you're getting players, and, and you're hoping that they get more yards or more touchdowns, you know, as they run or pass or, or, or catch. And so, the, the one of the reasons, so the NFL likes the the added revenue that comes in from it, of course, but they also like that if you're a, if you're in a fantasy football game and you have a player playing on Monday night, you're going to tune into that game, and then you're going to st- stay watching that game longer. So the ad dollars will be coming in, the, uh, the, the, the interest is coming in, and people are just become more interested in the league, even if it's through the fantasy uh, aspect or if it's through a sports betting aspect. It is, to your point, John Arand, it is a brilliant way to keep interest in teams that are doing badly for fan base in the given city. It's John Arand is our guest today. He is the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. When we return, we're going to go around the league here in the Washington, D.C. marketplace and particularly talk about those D.C. defenders. Yep. They're in first place. More after this. We want to put out a huge thank you to our listeners who put us in touch with some of the best voices in Washington, D.C. and the region. We've been hearing from you through Twitter, LinkedIn, and other direct messaging. On What's Working in Washington, we talk to power players about innovation in the federal government and how businesses in the region are keeping us competitive. We talk to the brains in the non-profit world, restaurant domain, and next-gen tech. We love meeting smart people. If you know someone we should be talking to on our show, let us know. Tracy Madigan, our producer, and I think that it's all about shining a spotlight on people who are really getting things done in the region. And thanks to all of those who stay in touch with us. We're back here in What's Working in Washington. I'm Mark Walsh, your host, here in the studio with Tracy Madigan, our producer. We're really happy to have as our guest John Aran. He is the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. So many teams to talk about. But before we go to the other teams here in Washington, D.C., gambling and game management by referees. I am always reminded you could call traveling, palming, or a foul Anytime you wanted in any NBA contest, you could call holding on every, and I would argue, on every single offensive offensive holding, every single play in the NFL, if you chose to. And I wonder when there will be some AI-based analysis with ChatGPT about those calls based upon the analysis of the video 
for big teams with big revenue that the NFL wants to see in the Super Bowl versus smaller ones. Do you think that AI is going to make a difference? Uh, p- p- potentially. I don't yeah. know. I, I do think that's one of the reasons that you, you have a replay review yeah. uh, to, to get, get rid of some some of those really egregious, awful calls. Yeah. But I always go to like Shaquille O'Neal, you know, the big Los Angeles yeah. Lakers center. When he would get the ball, was a foul on him? Or was a foul on the defense because right. he was initiating contact, exactly or right. and it's uh, for me as a, as a as a sports fan, but certainly not an official. That's got to be really difficult to call, right? He shoved his way into the into the room every time. <laughs> well, John, there's uh, I, I think we could agree. Sometimes someday you and I should watch a game and see if we can picture the ref like where in their brain they decided not to throw the flag. I, I look, I, I I don't I do not wish them harm. I think being an NFL ref. I think an NBA ref, I think being an ump, especially now with the in the in the NL and in Major League Baseball with the box you see on the the umps are really sometimes they look like complete idiots. Although they're a lot better than I thought, particularly in in Major League Baseball, the um, bang bang play at first base, umps are way better at getting it right than I ever would have predicted. And and the, and calling balls and strikes now that we have the the, uh, box, the, the yeah. little box up yeah. there when they miss a call I'm like yeah. well they they miss I know. the call yeah. but they're they're all on the line Some, a lot of times they're exactly on the line it's perfect but other teams here in the Washington D.C. area first um, you mentioned Masson so if uh, if for instance Ted Leonsis as a bidder does uh, is able to buy the uh, I almost said Senators the Washington <laughs> Nationals we're two old guys I here know, I know. I know. Uh, will the Masson contract be resolved so that uh, this the Nationals control their own destiny from a media standpoint? Uh, th- th- that's that's the hope. And there there was a, a really big ruling in uh, New York State Court this week, where a, a unanimous decision, six to zero, saying that the Orioles need to pay the Nationals what MLB has decided they should pay. Okay. Pay. I don't know. I don't know the legal recourse that the Orioles are, g- are going to take. The Learners and the Angelos families are probably the two most litigious owners in Major yeah. League Baseball. So if there is a legal recourse, the Orioles are going to take it. But you can see now, based on that unanimous decision, again, it wasn't like a 3-0. It was 6-0. to zero. Wow. You can see now where this is headed. This is going to head. Uh, uh, this is going to result in the Nationals' favor. I don't know what the timetable is on this. I don't think anybody quite does yet. But it's going to be good news for the Nationals. And once they get this re- resolved, then the, the learners are going, to, are going to put that back on the market almost certainly. And then Ted Leonsis, who already has a bid out there, which I'm told is like right, right around $2 billion, yeah. is, uh, is going to be sort of first in line to, uh, to try to get it. I heard Ted bid to buy Masson at one point. Is that it, it? Could somebody? I mean, everything's for sale, right? But was Masson ever listed for sale in your opinion? Uh, I don't think it was Masson. I think he, he did uh, take a look at the Orioles uh, for a bit, and okay. the, the Orioles aren't for sale. I don't think the uh, uh, Peter Angelos, the owner, is in uh, poor health. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, people are waiting for his death uh, because for tax purposes right. and, and everything else before before they put that up for sale. If they put put that up for sale, but I think the Ted did t- sort of nose in to see if if there was anything in Baltimore that he could uh, that he could buy. Well, as a Baltimore native, I'm happy to see the Orioles uh, above 500 so far this year. They're looking pretty good. The Nationals are having a rough start. Uh, how about the, the Orioles? They, they they trust the process. It was 120 exactly. lost seasons for four seasons, four or five seasons. Don't remind in a row. me, John. Ah. No, but, it's hey. I grew up in D.C. without a team, so they're my team. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, good, 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 good man. But no, the trust the process. It just seemed the process took a little longer than our buddy Josh <laughs> Harris had with uh, with the 76ers. Well, speaking of process, you mentioned it earlier about our Washington Wizards having 
a real drought between you know, major league success, so to speak, at the end of the season. What's your sense of that franchise? What's the process there that we should trust? I don't know, and I yeah. don't. I don't think uh, uh, Ted Leonsis knows yet either. They just fired uh, the general manager. Right. Uh, the coach is going to be around for uh, one more season uh, at least um, until uh, a bus hits him when they're leaving the uh, arena. Something along those lines. And I think that uh, Ted Leonsis needs to take a look and and figure out the way forward because they've missed the playoffs uh, two consecutive seasons. That's hard to do in the NBA. Thank you. And exactly. <laughs> you have to really, it's like getting, you know, to get a 300 on the SATs is actually harder than getting a 500. Right? You, <laughs> you have to know what's right and then not choose it. Exactly. So I, uh, the, the Wizards, I, I think it's funny. Uh, they seem to have a loyal base. Kind of no matter what they put out on the floor, there seems to be a decent amount of, ch- of chunk of folks that show up and cheer them on. I think the Capitals have an incredibly loyal lo- loyal base. But let's talk about some alternative sports here in Washington, D.C. D.C. United, new stadium, in an interesting part of town. Seems like they're just a real vital part of the community. Uh, D.C. United, the live, here's a problem with uh, Major League Soccer. The live game experience is fantastic. Audi Field is down by uh, the by Nats Park. Yeah. And it, it gets a, a good crowd. It gets a, 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 an, an energetic, engaged crowd. And that's a lot of fun. The problem is that Major League Soccer sold all of their media rights to Apple TV. So if you want to watch a game, uh, you know, you're not going to happen upon a game on NBC Sports Washington or on Masson. You're not going to happen upon yeah. a game on ESPN. You're going to have to go to your app, download Apple TV Plus, hope that it's outside the paywall, yep. you know, and, and and maybe you'll be able to see your hometown team. Oh, I didn't know that. And That's so it, too bad. It, it becomes a it's going to be one of the stories that I'm going to be looking at is whether or not that's really going to hurt fandom because you're going to get the hardcore fans that are absolutely going to watch and, and absolutely go to those games. But what about the casual fan? That I, I've watched more XFL games this spring uh, than, than Major League Soccer games. And the only reason is I just happen upon them on, yeah. on, on uh, ESPN. You we'll, know? Get to, we'll get to XFL in a second, but I'm— So I, I would argue Ted Lasso, and welcome to Wrexham if you know that, that series with— um, uh, the two TV stars, the guy from uh, Sunny in Philadelphia and um, and Ryan Reynolds, they've created or erupted some soccer consciousness in a whole bunch of people that should be that that, that now want to see the game played, right? And I wonder if there's any of that happening from what you see as far as a media reporter for viewership. The Apple TV is a horrible a horrible uh, 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 hurdle for viewers to cross. But are the numbers at all decent in viewership? Are advertisers sort of happy in your sense to, to advertise in the games, or is it still kind of a, a wasteland? Uh, it's, it's still too early to say, see. Yeah. And if you know anything about Apple, they're very secretive. So we're, we're gonna, it's going to be hard to get the viewership numbers. But soccer in the United States is doing really, really well. Wow. Uh, unfortunately for MLS, it's the English Premier League that's doing really right. well. Right. And it's the UEFA Champions League that's doing really well. Wow. And the the uh, the one thing uh, I just uh, had saw um, the UEFA president on Roger Bennett's uh, podcast actually, and he was talking about Americans. The American fan pays for the best, and they they don't pay for anything else. Got it. And the best is coming from Europe. It's called yeah. the Bundesliga. It's a Serie A. It's a, and and it's a, the Premier League. Wow. MLS is not quite in there yet, and so it's uh, that that's something to consider, especially since we're going to be hosting the World Cup in a couple of years. 
American fans want champagne. They don't want Bud Light. <laughs> At least some of them don't. Come on, I didn't step in that. All right, except, first of all, I didn't. We are hosting the World Cup in a couple of years. Uh, 2026 with Mexico and Canada. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? And Very in fact, exciting. In fact, the, the reason that you don't know this, DC and Baltimore uh, bid to host games. Yeah. And they were shut out. And you can thank you can thank Dan Snyder and FedEx Field for that. Seriously, absolutely, yeah. Oh, thank you, Dan. Uh, Don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> who, so, who who are the hosts? Is it like Chicago or something? What oh, was, uh, uh, it's a bunch of different bunch U.S. Of cities. cities. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, the DC Defenders XFL. Now, remember, hey, I can't wait remember, to talk DC Defenders. This is great. What? Yeah, I can't wait to talk DC Defenders. Yeah, this yeah. is great. So, the old XFL was the crazy with he hate me and all that stuff. Whatever, 20, 15, 20 years ago. Are the rules different in this new? Iteration? Yeah, they have different rules that they're uh, that they're uh, checking out. Like they have different uh, ways to kick the ball off. Uh, after you score a touchdown, you can, you can go for a two point conversion, a three point conversion, or a five point conversion Hello. from like the the ten yard line. Yeah, and uh, and so they, they it's it's things that uh, they believe that that. Rather, it's things that the NFL are taking a look at yeah. that they could possibly start to institute. Zing it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. going forward. Wow, a five point conversion. That's yeah, fascinating. It makes every game close. Totally. Yeah. 11 point. Wow. That, I did not know that. Are they getting decent players? Uh, the, the play, is, it's semi-pro play. Yeah. Uh, there's um, the XFL. There's a USFL. That's all. That's not in D.C. It's I in, remember uh, that. In, yeah. in, in, but the, and then you have the NFL. And the, the idea is that these are farm systems to develop some NFL players. Has anybody moved from an XFL team to the NFL yet, as far as you know? Uh, yes, that, that has happened. I don't okay. have I don't have names for you. They, yeah, so they're, they're, it's not uh, Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. Crazy move. Uh, I just saw an article that said that the Jets got fleeced. What's your sense of that trade? Uh, I don't have a sense of that trade, but I can tell you that the Jets are going to be on primetime television uh, as many times as they possibly can. Yes. And the ratings for those games are going to be through the roof. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I, listen, I ever since they beat my Colts in 1969, I actually enjoy watching the Jets. All right, John Aran from Sports Business Journal, the media reporter. We ask all of our guests here on What's Working in Washington at the end of our show to answer a question of sort of a meta level. If you were king of the world, or ran the world, forgive the gender base, ran the world, what's one thing you would start happening that isn't or stop happening that you would wish to, to, to cease, or both? Oh, this is easy because we talked about this already. I would get Ted Leonsis to hire a competent general manager and put some players on the court that are exciting and win. And, uh, and for the Wizards. Would, for the Wizards. And that we would have a title coming here within the next five years. I, and that's that's hands down what I would do. Well, it's, 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 a, it's a predictable response because that's the business you're in and that's what your mind is all based upon. And we love that about you. But 1979, I remember it as if it was yesterday. When I guess there were still the bullets, right? The, the bullets. bullets. 1979 was when they lost to they the. Lo- uh, that's right to the Portland Trailblazers. To the Seattle SuperSonics. Seattle SuperSonics. Jack, Jack Sigma. Jack Sigma. Yes. Wow. All right. So you're you're saying if you ruled the world, finally the Wizards would have a competent squad on the court, and they would run to the championship of the NBA. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. John Oran, thank you for being with us here on What's Working in Washington. Always a pleasure to discuss what's happening in the sports business and right here the business of Washington sports. Thank you. Thanks. The team behind What's Working in Washington is a great group. The executive producer and editor is Tracy Madigan. Online content, Anna DeGraff. And that theme music you enjoy, performed by the Sunbathers.
You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast.